0: We're doing one next week that we haven't done in a really long time. Like Not When you put it on there, I was like, "Oh, my God, I know this song," but it's been a long time. Yeah, speaking of. Remember, of- Time. I took piano lessons by like, read music. I just like I don't have the time to practice to play like I Usually just chords and some arpeggio stuff.
1: Well, welcome to worship, everyone. It's good to see you as we uh, continue our sermon series, uh, The the Lies That We Tell Ourselves. Uh, and what we're going to focus on today is the worldly lie that we tell ourselves. Now, I know it says we're supposed to be concentrating on how it's connected to marriage, playing the blame game. You know, you need to be more like me, you need to fix yourself, or I need to help fix you to make you better. It's about your problems and not, not what I do wrong, but what you do wrong, and let's see how we can get that better so our relationship can stay intact. But I think we need to look at it in, in, in terms of every relationship that we have, because in every relationship we tend to want to play the blame game by pointing our fingers at someone else. That's our knee-jerk reaction. If you would just get yourself together, if you would just fix this, if you could just fix this character flaw, then we could get along fine. It's not about what I've done wrong; it's about what you can't bring to this relationship. And if you can't get it together, then I've got to get to stepping. <laughs> is it that easy? <laughs> it, it, is that is that the way we should look at it? And we're gonna we're gonna open that up in our message with a with a lot with a lot of scripture. So. Um, A few announcements before we begin our worship, Um, Dolores, uh, our Monday night organist, uh, Dolores Jacobson uh, is still, we're still looking for uh, meals through the month of July, and there is the pink slips out there, and the link should be on in your bulletin, which I always of course direct you to, so please uh, take a look at that and see if you are able to contribute a meal, if there's still some slots available. Um, our new devotion books are available out there. We have some really good writers that uh, I've, I've read. I usually read ahead. And no, I didn't write any in this one, by the way. So, um, But there are always there are some really good devotions in there. So make sure if you like the paper copies to pick one up out there. I get the large print for myself. So, um, we, we are hiring. We are looking for a discipleship director. Uh you want job details. It used to be Dennis Ashour's job, but I know there's a few things added to it. Probably quite a few things added to it. So check your bulletin for for details. We are also uh looking for a communications coordinator. And that was Tracy Sari's old job, who is now our family ministry coordinator. So um, I think that's part-time. Uh the discipleship director's full-time. So take a look at those if you yourself or you know someone that might fit the bill for that. Please give us a call and let us know and uh, get the ball rolling on that before fall hits because you know it'll be here quicker than you think. So that's all I have as far as announcements. So why don't we come to our feet as we praise him.
0: Let us turn our ear to heaven and join the angels, all those in heaven, and sing together praise him.
1: Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways, for a word is on my tongue. You know it completely, O Lord. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Almighty God knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows our every word, our every thought, our every weakness, and our every temptation.
0: Nothing
1: Nothing in all creation creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything Everything is uncovered and laid before the eyes of him, whom we must give account. Let us come together now in a time of confession and reflect on our sinful thoughts, words, and actions.
0: sing this song for the things we've done
1: You know, as often as we want to look at someone else and say, You've done this, and you've done that, or you have this issue, or you have that. When we come to God, when we go before the cross and lay our sins down, we are not forgiven because of the things we've gotten right. We are forgiven because of the things that we've admitted we've done wrong. Now, we can't remember them all, but that is why Christ forgives us, because he hears our confession of imperfection, of which we were all guilty. So upon our confession, Jesus has forgiven us our sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before we pray, since I missed this before, let's have a time and share God's peace with one another. we pray heavenly father it's hard to look into our own hearts and see the own darkness inside us sometimes we want to point out what someone else is doing wrong and how they are offending you lord but help us to understand that we have all sinned and fallen short of your glory and help us to love each other knowing that and knowing that we all live in your mercy and forgiveness and none of us can earn or deserve what you have given us in eternity in your presence. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, everybody's favorite time, the children's message. Do we, I see a few. Okay, one, two, two. All right, let me ask you guys something. What does it mean to be a good friend? What's a good friend do? You help your friends. Okay. Do you share? Does a good friend share? Does a good friend forgive? Does a good friend get mad at you? But we all get mad sometimes, don't we? Does a good friend tell you that you're a bad friend? No, they shouldn't. But we all mess that up sometimes, don't we? Do you guys think you're both good friends? And do you think to be a good friend, you need to be patient, understanding, tolerant, which means that you are, it's easier for you to understand when they do something wrong. Like some people have bad tempers and they get mad really quick. Have you ever had a friend like that? They throw things and yell and you want to tell them, hey, you can't act like that. That's mean you know what God wants us to do first? He wants us to recognize that we have problems too and that we're not always doing the right thing. So before we point out to to one of our friends, hey, you need to start sharing or you need to not be so mean, we need to know that we ourselves have stuff going on, right? Maybe uh, we're not as patient as we should be. Maybe we don't share as much as we tell them they should share. And God wants us to look at ourselves first before we talk to our friends about what they need to do. And do you stop being friends with someone just because they do something you don't like? Of course not. You do what? What's Jesus do for us when we ask him? He forgives us. Yeah, so we're supposed to forgive and love him, because they're our friend, not because they're perfect. Because who's perfect? Jesus. Besides him, God. How many people in this room are perfect? Nobody. Awesome. All right. So just remember that none of us get it right all the time. So blaming others all the time. We need to look at ourselves and love people anyway. Even when it's not easy and I know when people are mean and they won't share and they're not being a good friend They're not easy to love, but sometimes we're not easy to love either But you know what? God loves us anyway all the time Let's pray Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us no matter what Forgiving us no matter what and being with us wherever we go. Help us to love others and be tolerant, kind, and understanding, knowing that we need all those things from you, too. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Thank you. And our first reading comes from Romans chapter 2. You... Therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge the other, you are condemning yourself. Because you, you who pass judgment do the same things. Now, we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience? Not realizing that God's kindness leads you toward repentance? And I invite you as you're able to rise for our gospel, which comes from Matthew 19. When Jesus had finished saying these things, he left Galilee. a man will leave his father and mother and will be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. But it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for marital unfaithfulness and marries another woman, commits adultery. And as many members of one body, let's confess our common Christian faith here in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in one Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. To judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Christian Church, and the saints, everlasting. Please be seated. And as I said before we began service tonight, I know that the theme here are. The lies that we tell ourselves the blame game that we play as it's connected to marriage but you know not not everybody is married so I think to start at the heart of the matter of any relationship between God's people and yes that means relationships between sinners because that is what we all are I think we all at many times think that our relationships with others should be easy fun and fulfilling all the time and when they're not that's when the lies start to circle around our heads and into our hearts that the one the other one in the relationship well they really have some issues they have a lot they need to work on and if they don't get their stuff together i don't know if i can be in this with them anymore I can't be around someone so flawed who won't work on themselves. And I go to Matthew 7. I know that wasn't one of our texts, but it's related. we all hear this, but I think many times the first thing we do is not to look within ourselves. And if you forgot, Matthew 7 is about, like our text tonight, judging others. Do not judge or you too will be judged for in the same way you judge others you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye how can you say to your brother let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye You hypocrite. First, take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will be able to see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And as we know, a plank, which is in our own eye, is much, much larger than the speck of fault we see in others. A lot to think about here. Well, let me greet you all with grace Mercy and peace from God our Father and from our risen and ascended Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Now, as friends, boyfriends, girlfriends, sons, daughters, brothers and sisters, spouses, we often see the worst in people in our relationships what do we do then? Our knee-jerk reaction is to offer advice, right, on how to change or to lecture. Maybe we do it right out loud. Maybe we make the silent judgments in our head. Maybe inside we think they really need to change if we are going to be able to make this work, whatever your relationship is. And this is usually a time when our own plank is overlooked by us. We look for and find fault. We blame, accuse, and correct, and not necessarily in that order. I remember when I was saying my wedding vows, Pastor Hemingway, he was a pastor at our home church, a good friend of mine, did our wedding, and... Asked me to promise uh, Julie to love her as Christ loved the church. And of course, I said, I do. But I want you to think about the boundless love that Jesus has for the church. For the whole world, for that matter. The mercy and grace that he shows us all. Without hesitation, without malice. Later on, the thought of that promise really haunted me. It still does sometimes. Because I know I'm incapable of that. At least to the level that Jesus is. But yet, as a husband, that's what I was asked to do. Many times, her and I have argued. And I'm thinking, she needs to get this together or this isn't going to work out. Oh, yeah, and vice versa. Because we both wanted to point out what the other was doing wrong so that we'd both be easier to get along with. You see the problem there? Jesus can point out all the planks and specks that he wants to because he is without sin, he is God in the flesh. Yet, he loves and forgives without hesitation. Doesn't make any sense, does it? Right? We sinners blame and find fault, want to bail when things get tough, but perfect Christ loves and forgives endlessly as he desires to be with us for eternity. There is no parting at death with Jesus, he doesn't want that, and he has the power. To stop that. How we throw around the word hypocrisy and hypocrites. People who say one thing and do another. Or yell at somebody for doing one thing and then go and do the same thing. Aren't we all hypocrites at one time or another? We may not all have the same faults. But we've all got them. We need to remember. However, like our song. It's actually after the message, it says, God is in this story. He is in our stories, in our lives, in our relationships, desiring forgiveness and reconciliation, not fault finding and abandonment. This Roman text is sort of how the parable of the unmerciful servant plays out, isn't it? You remember the question at the beginning of the unmerciful servant where, you know, Peter's like, well, how many times am I supposed to forgive somebody that wrongs me? In my heart, I think he really expected a certain amount of times. And then, well, you know, you give him so many chances and then kick him to the curb. Seventy times seven, which does not mean 70 times seven. It means you should keep on forgiving no matter what, there is no end to how many times you should show mercy to someone. Kindness, tolerance, and patience, words we see in this Romans text, that is what we need to focus on in our relationships, no matter what kind of relationships we have, friends, spouses, boyfriend, girlfriend, brother, sister, son, daughter, whatever, remember God, showed great mercy in the parable of the unmerciful servant. The person that God forgave owed a debt that couldn't have been repaid. That was the whole point. But he asks the person he forgave to only forgive a little bit, a fraction of what he he forgave. The debts are not equal. Now, I know that I have... um, Stayed away from this Matthew 19 text. I didn't want to make this sermon about the uh, do's and don'ts about a valid divorce. Um, And I didn't want to make this message about that specifically. But I will say this Jesus does give us a little guidance here. While the basis for my message is love, mercy, and forgiveness and a willingness to keep our relationships by recognizing our own faults and not jumping down the faults of others as a knee-jerk reaction, does that mean that I would urge you to put yourselves, or God, would God or I urge you to put yourselves in positions where you might be abused, mistreated, or betrayed? Now, I'm not just talking about man and wife here. There are times that we have to break away from people. They may engage in ungodly lifestyles and they want us to join in. And that can become a situation where we are loving and forgiving, but trying to avoid the pitfall of sin. Because sin looks really good sometimes. If you take one step into the fire, you find yourself all the way consumed. Perhaps a woman or a man, to keep it not sexist, comes to me for advice and explains that her husband or his wife is verbally or physically abusive. Maybe both. Do I say suck it up? Look for the plank in your own eye? Of course not. Our God is not asking us to take a beating or follow someone down a path of eternal destruction. This is about knowing that we are all flawed, yet loved by our God, forgiven by Jesus. Our relationships should show our desire to love one another. Yes, as Christ loved the church, and that's a scary, tall order. I get it. Even when that's not possible, it should be our desire. It should be our desire to do the hard thing. And no fleeing from a loved one should not be our first course of action. Ending relationships, passing judgment. Knowing that even though their fault may seem worse than our own, God doesn't look at things that way. So, what I leave you with this is pray for strength and wisdom and a spirit of humility and forgiveness. Now, we all have different temperaments. I wish mine was a little bit different, but our God knows that. Your pleas for kindness, tolerance, and patience in situations where they're not all that easy to have are heard your desire to keep loving those God put in your life should remain a priority. And believe me, I understand that's not always easy, but we are forgiven, saved children of God that walk with Jesus, not in perfection, but in grace and forgiveness. And that's how we should look at our relationship with each, with each other, with everybody that is in our lives. That is my message, and that is good news, amen. And at this time, as we collect our offerings, I just want to remind you always—I look for different ways to say it, but I don't usually find them—how uh, grateful and thankful we are for your givings, your offerings, and your support of our spread of the gospel here at Faith Lutheran Church.
0: This torn- pages in this book. Words that tell me I'm no good. Chapters that defined me for so long. But the hands of grace and endless love dusted off and picked me up. Told my heart that hope is now
1: Father we come before you with praise and please Lord we ask you to give us a spirit of humility to be understanding and patient and tolerant of other people's faults as we know that we have faults of our own help us to be able to show mercy as much as we accept mercy we want you to forgive us Lord yet many times we are unwilling to forgive others we are flawed And we are sinful lord and help us to realize that as we look to you and love others not because of what they do right but because you have asked us to love one another as you have loved us we ask you to walk with those who are lonely who are ill depressed anxious addicted those who are have thoughts of ending their own lives, Lord. We just ask you to walk with them and lift them up. And we ask you to be with those who are facing illness, recovering from surgery or facing surgery, especially in our prayers. We remember Sharon Bergsma, who has an upcoming surgery. We remember Anne Mulhorin, who is facing end-of-life issues. Lord, we ask you to walk with her and ease her suffering as she journeys toward the empty tomb and the glory that she shares with you and the promise of eternity and be with her family as they are say goodbye to her and make peace with what your will is for her and keep both of them strong in body mind and spirit and all those that are recovering and facing illness lord we ask you to be with those who have already lost loved ones We ask you to be with the family of Kyle Baton, who was called to his heavenly home this past week. We ask you to be with the family of Joan Mueller, Miller, who was called to her heavenly home. Walk with their families, love them, ease their grief, dry their tears, as only you can do. We never know when our time is, Lord, but we know eternity is with you always. But we ask you to just comfort them, lift them up and strengthen them for one day we will be with you that is our hope and we don't grieve as those who have no hope and we ask you Lord to be with those who have made promises to each other and vows with you at the center of their lives the gift of marriage Lord we ask that spouses be able to see the faults in one another and love each other anyway forgiving reconciling on a daily basis as you do for us especially in our prayers we remember karen and rodney Gardnier, 44 years of marriage we ask you to cons- to continue to be with them to love them and keep them strong loving one another until they meet you and we ask you to be with all of us lord in all of our silent prayers that we name in our hearts and all those Who are struggling in our ongoing prayers. And we are bold to pray this, Lord, as you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Now may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you all with favor, and give you his peace. Amen.